WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Car Doctor Program. Well, we've been having some serious technical difficulties here, but we are at the New England International Auto Show yet at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center, and we're here at the uh, Mass Auto Dealers Student Skills Competition, which is going to start at 10 o'clock as soon as the show opens, and uh, it is uh, uh, it is a it is a Super Bowl for these uh, high school kids. There there is some. Uh, great people here helping to support Megatech, which is a uh, uh, a test, uh, which is a uh, a company that builds all of these great uh, products. So uh, you can actually test individual components in a classroom situation. Also, Ford Motor Company, Subaru, BMW, Hyundai, the U.S. Air Force's sponsors, uh, the uh, Lincoln Tech, uh, UTI, Pep Boys. The Greater New York Auto Dealers Association, of course, the Mass Auto Dealers, um, this wouldn't happen without them. They're, they're all some of the manufacturers. And what's kind of nice is the local people that are here, too. Uh, uh, the folks from Copeland Toyota uh, and Chevrolet and uh, Volks, now Volkswagen are here. They have two of their Toyota pickup trucks that are here. They look stunning. And those are vehicles that uh, the... Uh, High school kids are going to look at. Uh, Audi is here with one of their vehicles, so it's always it's always good to see all of them. Uh, the folks from Sullivan Tire are here. Uh, they do a complete testing program with Sullivan Tire, and they're all here because they care about uh, high school technical education. And as somebody who belongs to advisory boards on a variety of different uh, schools, Sociovotech and Blue Hills and uh, just it goes on and on it's important to me to see that these high school kids get the chance and get a little extra recognition at the same time again i want to apologize for the show starting a little bit late and we are doing it over the phone because we are having some technical issues with uh, our equipment here we can seem to connect to every place but the radio station it seems like uh, where uh, I, I have a test line set up that i can test in other areas and I can connect to I can connect to all of them I just can't seem to connect to the radio station for some reason and we tested it I've, I've been here since 7.15 this morning by the time I got all set up around quarter of 8 Dennis and I worked it all out everything seemed to work fine but um, all of a sudden we got kicked off and can't get reconnected for some reason so I'm not quite sure not quite sure why but it is what it is, so we're trying to do the best we can. And, of course, we're here. Partially one of the reasons why we're here is the good people at Expressway Toyota. Um, the Bach brothers, uh, David and Richard, uh, are kind enough to be advertising on the program today, so they're, they're here to help out and they're, uh, uh, by being a sponsor of the Car Doctor program. So good good to see them here as as well as a sponsor, so that's, uh, that's great. And... Uh, been good to see. So, again, we're we're still uh, we're still working on trying to come up with a solution to this, and uh, so we can take your calls. Also, buddy George Kennedy, uh, who uh, I've known for a long time, he's a member of the New England Motor Press Association. He actually came in to uh, 
to uh, be kind of a in-show guest today, uh, and I feel bad for him that uh, that we're not able to talk to him either. So uh, it, things are things are not progressing quite as well as we hoped, and we don't know why. So uh, they're going to continue to work on it. Our engineer Leo was on it. Uh, the uh, operations manager Matt is on on the case. So I'm not sure quite what to do. Uh, I feel bad that I woke George Kennedy up early in the morning to get here. Um, we shouldn't have to pay to get in, right, George? Okay. All right, there we go. So, uh, so we're we're just kind of trying to do the best we can, and uh, we're we're just. Uh, I think I think we're stuck. I think we're stuck. We're not going to get anywhere. So, uh, yeah, go look at cars. <laughs> go look at cars. Go check out that new Corvette. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Subaru has a great display over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Subaru has a really good display. Mazda, Mazda has a new car over there, uh, which is which is nice to see. The uh, the Ford Mach E is here. Mach the Mach E the Mach E is here, uh, and it is a it is a uh, well. They call it a Mustang. I don't know if a Mustang can have four doors. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I, I can uh, I can visualize. There was a guy somewhere in the South Shore area that made four door Corvettes and Mustangs. So, uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's something nobody needed ever, and uh, and uh, but there was somebody who did it. So there was the new Corvette. Yeah, the new C8, the new the new mid engine Corvette is here. I like it a lot. I got to tell you, it looks. Uh, Looks good. They did a nice job with it. So, uh, and for $59,995, if you can actually buy one for that amount. But, uh, in fact, I, I took a picture of it. A guy who kind of buys a car, runs a car buying service down in Middleborough. He's actually in kind of a 55 and older community, but he still does it. Apparently, he has one on order. He has a white one on order. So, must be must be money in the car buying service business. So, uh, and our buddy Julian Damato, I talked to him yesterday, and he said to me uh, he had the opportunity to buy someone else's number, number seventy nine, and he didn't like the color combination, so he opted not to, and uh, which is great, which is great for him. He also said to me, you know what, the new one's cool. Next year when it comes out with the thousand horsepower one, I think I'm in. I'm all in for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, he was okay with that. He was okay. He was okay. Yeah, he was okay. He was okay with. Uh, he was okay with electric over gas. So, but I think the horsepower, the numbers, uh, really is what uh, is what uh, turned him on to that. So there's that, and of course, at the auto show, I think the show's a little bit smaller than it's been in the past couple of years. There is what's missing. Audi's missing. Uh, BMW's missing, Mercedes is missing, Volvo is missing, I think. I don't remember seeing Volvo here. And Jaguar Land Rover? Yeah, and there, yeah, there, is a, there is a Defender. In fact, I took a picture of that, and uh, a friend of mine who has two of them, because why would you only want one, said, bye, bye, bye. So yeah, maybe he's interested in buying that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. And, it, and I actually asked the guy. I don't know if he makes. Does he make those leather bags or something? And and I asked him. He said it was actually he found it in Ireland, and he imported it because it's right-hand drive. 
and uh, but he found it in Ireland. He imported it. It was all stock, so it came right through customs with no problem. That's the biggest. That's the biggest issue with when you import some of these. If the engines have been swapped out, the numbers don't match. Apparently, they flag them when they come into customs, and you end up stuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. The DEA shows up and questions you that twice. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that I know who imported now two of them from Italy, and he did it kind of in a weird way. He he doesn't speak Italian. The guy he bought them from doesn't speak English. He said to me, what do you think about sending uh, somebody $10,000 you've never met and you don't understand what he says? And he sent it, he, he sent, he did all, he translated everything over Google Translate, went to Google Earth, made sure the guy actually had a dealership uh, because it's Italy, everything happens a little bit slower. He, it was supposed to go, it was supposed to go on a ship. The guy missed the ship. You know, how, how, how does that happen? Missed the ship, ended up uh, putting it in a container with three other vehicles. Uh, he gets a note from uh, uh, Customs in New Jersey that says three out of the four vehicles passed Customs, and one didn't. And he didn't know which one. So it was actually a motorcycle that someone swapped out, swapped out an engine, and that's the one that got stuck in Customs. So he's having, he was having uh, all kinds of problems with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, and the only problems were emotionally because he, he didn't know. He ended up going to, he ended up going to New Jersey, picking it up. Again, sight unseen, only pictures. Drove it from New Jersey to Narragansett, Rhode Island. No problems whatsoever. That little diesel engine just kind of cranking along at 55 miles an hour. And he liked it so much, he bought another one. And uh, so now he has two. And uh, his wife thinks he's nuts. And uh, but he has two sons that are uh, college age, so they kind of enjoy drive, driving it too. But he he, re- he really likes them. So and the other thing that's actually right next to that old Defender, and I kind of like the short wheelbase Defender. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So it's yeah. George George loves George loves it. Too bad you can't hear George, but you know he's he's here he's here as we're talking on the phone. Uh, George George is one of the most articulate people I know, by the way. Uh, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. You, you are, uh, but the, uh, but also next to this is a, uh, um, a lift uh, for I think it's thirty five ninety five or something like that. And up on the lift is a uh, Ram pickup truck that the wax oil people wax oiled half of it and left half of it plain, so you can actually see what wax oil does to help preserve the metal parts from rusting away. And uh, and it's up on that. And apparently the guys, all the wax oil guys, you know the other guys. And it's actually the wax oil distributor is is Rovers North out of Vermont. So yeah, yes, yes. So you know, talk about a car that rusts. You know, so so you know, so so they uh, so they're the, they're the U.S. distributor for wax oil. And uh, the the local the local guy uh, who I met is a sales rep. Uh, and I asked him if he was going to be at the show, and he said, no, one of my partners is going to be at the show. He's uh, suffering in, I believe, St. John's right now. So, yeah, so, you know, good for him. So, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, and it actually, yeah, I, I got a couple of the spray cans of wax oil and did uh, my wife's Volkswagen just because I had it and it was there, and I actually put it up on one of those portable lifts. Um, and those portable lifts, they're pretty cool. It's a four-post lift, uh, drive-on style lift. It doesn't have to be bolted to the floor. Uh, 
Um, and our buddy John Waller has one in his, in, in his storage facility. And you can actually, there's, a, there's four wheels that you can clamp to the bottom of the ramps. You put the ramps down, it lifts up the posts. So with four people, you can actually roll it around, move it, take the wheels back off. And, you know, I don't know that, you know, it has holes in the bottom of the post, so you could bolt it to the floor. But apparently it's not really necessary. It sort of holds its own weight. Now, you know, you'd hate to bump it with another car and have the whole thing come crashing over. But but, but, uh, but that lift, um, our, our friend John Waller is a guy who actually delivers press cars, and he has two garage buildings. And that lift has been in the steel building, and now it's in the old uh, fire truck service building. And, yeah, so... Uh, and I actually, that's why I brought my wife's Volkswagen to spray wax oil under it. And, you know, the lift was there. It was out in the open. I, said, I, I called them up and said, hey, can I use your lift? And uh, nobody bothered me. And I just sort of stayed in the corner and just sprayed away. And, and interesting with the wax oil stuff, I, on, on, the way, on the way there, I, uh, I, I had a brand new, I don't know, 10 by 20 foot tarp. Because I'm like, I don't want to make a mess on this floor. Not even a spot. Not even a spot. So stuff sprays on like spray paint, very thin rubber coating, liquid kind of a liquid rubber coating that that seals. It looks like crinkle paint when you're done, and it's a it's pretty impressive product. So uh, so you can see what wax oil looks like. You can see what the lift looks like. You can see what somebody who's selling leather bags with an old Land Rover Defender, and then the factory five. That oh, they have a factory five car that lifts itself. Oh, IMSA style with the four jacks in it? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, Factory 5 has a whole display here. And Dave Smith is an interesting, interesting character. Dave Smith. Smith, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't like you. Me? Yeah, just so you know. So, um, once upon a time, you took one of his cars up on the Ragtop Ramble, which requires a little bit of a, which requires a little bit of explanation. The Ragtop Ramble is a, hard-working day that we put in uh, as motor press members where we drive from Brookline up to Maine to eat lobster on the ocean. It's a tough day at work. And uh, George drove uh, one of the Factory 5 cars and the brakes overheated, but apparently George has big feet. Which is which is a story which is a story I heard because the brakes overheated a little bit, and uh, it's not that he doesn't he actually likes you. So, but uh, but yeah yeah and which uh, and too bad you can't hear George again very interesting guy too bad you can't hear him but uh, he's uh, the eight eighteen which is their mid engine car that uses a Subaru engine um, does turn turn around and it apparently they sold like one of them in the United States. And they sell them like crazy all over the rest of the world. And uh, and so it's it's one of those things that it's it it's a pretty cool concept. It's a, I get it. It's not the most attractive looking car in the world, in my opinion. But uh, you know, I you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder and all that sort of stuff. But um, it is a uh, it's an interesting idea. And when he built that, when that design concept came. That was supposed to be one of those things. They wanted to they wanted to build a car that in any part of the country they could find an engine to squish in it. And they were gonna, they also want to do that with the, the Cobra kit. So if the hot engine in pick a place, Indonesia is a uh, two and a half liter diesel, it could go in it. 
so uh, that, that's that's the plan. And, and they, um, I believe, Factory Five owns a piece of Softworks. The uh, the yeah. So the and Softworks is a is a CAD CAM company, so they can kind of design the stuff to work. Um, they they just showed a new Factory Five model with a V twelve in it. Yeah, so I don't even know what that is, but it has a long hood, and they managed to do that. So that may be taking the place of their, you know, sort of their supercar-looking yeah. car. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, and it's one of those, it's one of those cars, you know, you can buy the, you can buy the kit for about anywhere from, that's around $20,000. And, uh, again, Junior D'Amato, our buddy Junior D'Amato has one because he has one of everything, and, you know, because he works really hard and he can afford to buy it. So, um, and he didn't, he didn't build it. He bought it, he bought it all put together. Uh, I believe he's done some work to it because he does work to everything he owns. You know, he bought a Cadillac CTSV and then didn't like the supercharger, so he put more supercharger on it because it didn't quite make enough horsepower and put boiler, boiler exhaust on it, and, uh, made a real hot rod out of it, and, uh, so he, he has a lot of has a lot of fun with his cars, which is uh, which is what you're supposed to do. So it, it is always it is always one of those things that works out. Um, when I see when I see some of his cars, he was putting he was putting an uh, an engine in a old Chevelle, seventy Chevelle maybe, and uh, he was showing me the fuel injection setup that's going to go on it, and it's just a it's it's going to be it's it's you know it's got a fuel cell in the back now, which um, it's uh, got a little bit of work done to the rear diffs, a little bit wider tires without really coming out the rear. So it's 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 yeah, all it's uh, uh, what are wood brakes on it. So so it's got he he knows he knows he knows his stuff. So there's no question about that. So uh, so all kinds you know all kinds of stuff here. Uh, factory five display kind of caught me by surprise when I saw it. The Boston Cup people have some cars here, including what a million dollar Plymouth or something. That's some crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the, you know, George said, "How can a Plymouth be worth a million dollars?" That's kind of what I heard as I was walking by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the trunks, the trunks full of cash. Maybe that's what brought the value up. But uh, there are some cool displays here. There's uh, SCCA is here with some with some of their cars, which is which is pretty cool to see. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun stuff going on here at the show, uh, with the exception of me being here and my equipment not working. So, so and I have no I have no idea why. So uh, you know, if I wanted to go on a station in England. Uh, a music station in, in England where, where I can talk about rovers and other things. I can connect to them with no problem. So I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. So other than there's a problem and I can't do it. And the worst part is I was here and it worked earlier. So I don't know. I don't know what happened at this end where it stopped working, but it stopped. And uh, and uh, we'll just kind of we'll just kind of try it this way for now and see maybe if we can if we can do something a little. I don't maybe a little bit better. I don't know. Uh, before you know, George is here. He's got his water. I have my coffee from six fifteen this morning, which is always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, George is just hanging out here. So um, hey, John, if you, if you hang out here long enough, you you maybe volunteered to work. 
Yes, sir, Dennis. Hey, I just wanted to let everybody know that um, our engineer is heading to the transmitter now. I guess there's something going on in the transmitter, and there was something going on with the Comcast feed um, to us just as the show went on the air. So that's what part of the issue is now, and they're working on it to get everything up oh, and running. But so, so, so additionally, Comcast has a problem. Apparently, which supplies yes. the internet to the radio station. Correct. Yes. So. No, no, that no, that's only just supplying the internet to the radio station. The phones are still working, so uh, so that may be part of the problem. Apparently, you know what we're going to have an problem with Comcast. Shocked with a problem with Comcast. Shocking. Yes. Uh, but uh, and uh, Dennis, my producer, who uh, actually used to work for Comcast. Yeah. Uh, you and him have something in common, by the way. You're you're about the same height. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so. Uh, how tall are you? Six five. How tall are you, Dennis? Six George four. is six three. I'm six four. So about the six same four. height. Six four. Six four. So okay, about the same. Feet. So and they're looking for you know if you want to play basketball on Wednesday nights, they're looking for uh, uh, Quincy. If you want to come down to Quincy to play ball, Salvation yeah. Army and Quincy yeah, seven so, thirty yeah. to nine. I mean, uh, yes, sorry, seven to nine thirty. Uh, Salvation Army and Quincy seven to nine thirty. Cost ten ten bucks to play. Ten bucks. Maybe ten bucks to play. How can you go wrong? I'll be yeah. there this Wednesday. He's actually write that down. He's actually right. putting it in his phone. So look, look for the six foot four guy. Just ask for Dennis. Uh, I'll yeah. be there. So yeah, just ask for yeah, yeah, just ask for Dennis. It'll be all fine. So so that explains some of the problem. Apparently, we have a Comcast issue, which is and Leo Leo, our engineer, is. Uh, out trying to figure out why why that's the case. So who knows? Who knows? But uh, why don't we take a quick break? Maybe when I come back, um, maybe I can. I don't. I don't. Know, maybe I can share somehow. Figure out how to hook a microphone up to my phone. We'll try that. Uh, but in the meantime, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, and again, I want to thank the folks for from Expressway Toyota, the Bach Brothers. Uh, uh, um, for uh, sponsoring us here today, so uh, Bach Toyota. Um, one of the great things about Bach Toyota, we just go and look around. Even at the Bach Cafe while you're there, the uh, the uh, you can go, you can you can check out their you can check out their little area. Also, go meet their dog, their Labradoodle. Ooh, I that. Uh, and I, their Labradoodle maybe name maybe named Tacoma, might be Tundra. It's one of the other. It's one of the trucks. It's one of the trucks. Tacoma. Tacoma is the Tacoma is the Labradoodle. Really nice dog. Apparently, the the dog is more popular than the Supra. So more people come in looking for the dog than looking for the Supra, which is kind of which is a little bit of a surprise, but uh, but that's the way it is. Why don't we take a break and uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Uh, All right. Hey, welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WLOL, the Spirit of Boston, 100.3 FM, 
or online, WROLradio.com. Again, if you're just tuning in, there you go. What is going on here? Things don't sound as good as they should. Well, apparently our connection to the station through Comcast, uh, through the cable company, had a problem, so that has shut us down. So we're over the phone. With me is George Kennedy. Say hello, George. Good morning, everybody. Dennis, you need to help me a little bit. How's this? Does this sound a little bit better than it did before? Sounds gotta wonderful. Be right? Got to be improving. All right. Sounds wonderful, according to Dennis. So, so uh, George and I can just stand here now and talk to each other because I plug. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little uncomfortable, but uh, but we're here. We're here at the uh, at the uh, Mass Auto Dealer Skills Competition again. We're here courtesy of our friends over at Expressway Toyota, uh, the Bach Brothers. Uh, Richard and Robert uh, invited us. Uh, well, we invited them, I guess. Either way, so and it's kind of interesting. I'm seeing the uh, seeing some of the students here that are gathering up for the skills competition. And George from Ford Motor Company, one of the field technical engineers, is here. I recognize a couple of teachers from the old days when I used to be involved in these contests. Uh, so it's good to see them. Uh, everybody who looks at me says, "Are you about ready to retire by now?" So <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about we were talking about the show earlier. Is there anything that uh, kind of caught you by surprise? Um, I was surprised to see the new USCA Corvette is here. I expected that to be sort of a, we wouldn't see it for another year at a local level, but because the Detroit Auto Show has moved from, it used to be like right around New Year, they moved it to the summer, which kind of shakes things up in terms of like rollout for cars and stuff. So now automakers, regional, whatever, can pay a little bit more attention to, to more regional shows like this. Yeah, and I think, you know, this this show historically, when they moved it to, uh, Martin Luther King weekend, everybody was kind of like, eh, I don't know how well that's going to do when they shorten it up a little bit, but volume of people-wise, this show does is actually doing better than it did previously, and the other, the other part of it is that I think the auto manufacturers, are the ones that didn't show up, might be surprised and think they should show up next year. Well, you and I have a friend who always says, brush the teeth you want to keep. Yeah. Right? So, well, what cars do you want to sell? And you ask a dealer that, well, you yeah. have to sell all of them. Yep. Then bring all of your cars, right? Just because you're, you're afraid somebody's going to steal your, your volume knob doesn't mean you shouldn't bring a car down to the floor. One thing I wish that they would do more of is hooking the cars up to power. Because a lot of these cars like, are not, the keys aren't in it or the power's off. I'd like to see more of these cars with the power on, hook up to power on some level. Because really, you're, you want to be test driving the tech. Yeah. Right? So you're, you're, you're probably more loyal to your cell phone brand than your car brand. So if you're an Android person or an Apple person, more so than test driving the car to see how it drives, you, want to, you should be able to go and get in there and hook up your phone, test it out, see what it's like to go through all the touch screens. I always tell people, when you're test driving the car, test drive the tech. Right. And that's, that makes a lot of sense. And, and today, you know, unfortunately, um, the tech can be what actually makes or breaks a car. I mean, you, you see some of the uh, complaints that whether it's, you know, through Consumer Reports or any of the other companies that do surveys, and they, you look at why the car was lower, lower rated than another car, and a lot of times it has to do with the difficulty of the tech. Yeah, I mean, consumer consumer surveys like uh, J.D. Power and stuff, they're a little dubious these days because back in the day it was really a matter of is something mechanically reliable or not. And the surveys these days are really about user satisfaction. And a lot of that stems from the tech proficiency of the user, which I'm not trying to say it's, it's not you, it's me, but it's how easy is it to, to work with these uh, touchscreen systems. And I think the American Big Three have it down pretty good. The other automakers are getting better. This is an area where I think the American automakers have it pretty good because they have the right blend of 
tech features and traditional buttons and knobs. For example, I'm driving the new Ford Explorer right now, which has this giant touchscreen that sort of rises like the monolith from 2001 out of the dash. And I, I was hating it. I'm like, this is, somebody's going to grab it too hard and break it or it just looks like it's going to break. But it hit me today as I'm driving in and I've got Waze on it and it breaks up the screen where the top half of the screen is your Apple CarPlay with Waze and the lower half is your radio controls. And when you go to press something on the radio or swipe through, it doesn't go away from the CarPlay. So in other cars right now, you have to share the screen and when you go to press one menu, it gets rid of CarPlay and you gotta load that again. This allows you to multitask and, and that's pretty neat. Yeah, it really is. And I'm driving the new uh, Legacy and the Subaru Legacy, the old last year's Subaru, same thing, the tech was an issue. And now they have a pretty big display screen in the middle, and that's, and um, you can, I, yeah, it works the same way. It splits up, it splits up the tech a little bit, so it makes it, makes it a little bit better, a little bit easier to use. Um, I am, I have given Waze a shot five times now, and I, and I try it, I use it, I get frustrated with it, it, it destroys my battery in my phone when I use it, um, and it seems really slow to navigate sometimes. Yeah, Waze is funny. I think Waze is almost too too hyper-optimizing your route. So, you know, I would say driving in Boston, there's seven ways to get everywhere. And further, and they all take two hours. Sure, but I would rather be hitting uh, uh, surface roads and cutting around back streets and getting yelled at by some, some old lady going up in the back neighborhood than sitting in on uh, 93 in a parking lot. Yeah. Uh, and if it thinks it can go a minute quicker, like say you're going to Vermont, yeah. right? On a two-and-a-half-hour trip, if it thinks it can shave off a minute by taking you on this crazy road route, it'll do that, where in reality, it's like, you know, I think Google Maps knows minimize the amount of turns as well as find the fastest route. The reason I use Waze, though, is it's cheaper than a radar detector and cheaper than a speeding ticket. Well, that's a good point because um, it it does pop up with to let you know that there's a police officer up ahead, maybe a crash up ahead, things like that. I know that I was using... I was using Google Maps in the Subaru, and I got a notification. No, it was actually in a the GMC uh, Sierra pickup truck. Okay. Uh, the the uh, the one with the carbon bed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I was going up. I was going up to Concord, New Hampshire, a week or so ago, and using Google Maps, and all of a sudden I got a message from Waze. That the police officers up ahead just said information is supplied by Waze. Google owns your Waze. Yeah. Waze, yeah. And I think that they've kept those things separate. And I don't know if that's a legality thing because they like let Waze be just like the crazy rebels. Yeah. But I think uh, they kept it so that you know Google was the route optimized one and Waze was the community based one. I, here's the thing: it goes both ways too. Like I'm getting alerts about cops and crashes and stuff, but I'm also contributing to it as well. So. If I see, you know, a police posted up or whatever, or if I see a crash, there was a car fire like two weeks ago coming down like 495, and everybody was safe, but like, I hit that up right away and yeah. made a know it, and that, you can say exactly what the hazard is, and you can let others know behind you on the road what's coming. The only thing it does distract you, because if you're putting in, you're putting in crash, this, that, and some people, uh, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to use it enough, but some people put in some a little bit more than just an icon. They were able to actually type in. There was a little keyboard typing area where you can, and I see some of the stuff. It's like uh, car breakdown with two cars involved. Yeah, I, there's a, Waze is a pretty clean user interface, and when you are driving, 
it's a real simple matter of there's a like a little crosshair button in the lower right hand corner, and you get one of four things to pick from. They they simplify the menu when you're connected to the car. When you see something that's that detailed, usually it's somebody in the passenger seat. I hope. I hope entering that information or someone with a Tesla. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing I like about Waze is that you can uh, you can change the icon of the car. So I changed mine to like a Formula One car. And <laughs> I think I'm still like the baby Waze. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, you know, again, it's one of those things that if it, if it helps people, if it keeps people moving, uh, we've been talking to you, sort of, or yelling at you some of the time, because <laughs> before we did what we're doing now, um, tell us about you. Yeah, so uh, I'm a freelance automotive journalist, uh, writing for the Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, uh, car gurus, uh, we do video reviews for car gurus. And I'm the co-founder of a company called CarTenor, which does uh, automotive marketing software. And and uh, what does that mean? What is what is automotive software? Is software marketing or automotive marketing software? Sure. So you know, these days uh, the margins at auto dealerships is tightening up a lot. Like they're you know you're not making money on on every car you sell. You're making money at service and stuff like that. So something like video production is a really expensive thing, especially for like. A one ninety nine a month offer video, which has an expiration date on it, that's a lot of money to spend for something that's going to go away in thirty days. So, you know, the folks at CarTender have the technology to, you know, put together programmatic videos that can be edited in like split seconds and turn around very quickly. So, for a low budget, quick turnaround, you can get that video up, and as a dealer, you can be able to put your your offer promotions out there. And, you know, I think what makes us different is the fact that I actually know cars. Right? There's, a lot of, there's a lot of marketing companies out there where they're, they could be hawking refrigerators if they wanted. They, it doesn't really matter. I think what, what makes us different is that we have an in-depth knowledge of the car industry. Yeah, that does make a difference. So, uh, so for instance, if uh, the folks over at uh, Expressway Toyota wanted to talk about the new all-wheel drive Camry that's coming out, you guys could put together, you, you could work with them to come up with something. Absolutely, yeah. At uh, cartender.com, we have various products we, you know, we can put together brand awareness videos. So, what makes this you know this dealer great? Or if they just want to do an offer or uh, a deal offer or a service offer, we can put that together too. And the neat thing is, once you do that initial setup of picking out the clips you want and whatnot, every month when you enter new offer data, it automatically populates that in the computer system and pops and pumps it out. And if you're if you're the dealer across the street is hiring a, a traditional video production house to make that, that's taken three to four days. At its fastest, hmm. we're pumping it out in five minutes. Yeah, and the and the other thing is, like you said, uh, you know, getting a ready re- regular video production house. Too often, it looks like a bad home movie when you're done. Well, that's one of the first things that I learned. I, I worked for a company uh, in Acton Wheels TV for a number of years, and one of the first things that I was taught was you can you can do it good, you can do it cheap, you can do it fast. You can do two of those three max and you can't get all three. Well that's what Bob Lutz said about Chrysler. We can we can build them we can build them quick and good or we we can build them fast and cheap. We can't build them fast and good. Yeah, well whatever gets in his next thirty thousand dollar watch. Yeah. So um yeah, didn't you do a startup that it was like electrified pickups using old Silverado chassis and stuff stuff like that. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting because I got a uh, I got an email from that company that they were offering to pick people up at the Detroit Auto Show, so I'm like, so I'm like, okay, good, I'll, I'll, you know, why not? So I I told them where I was going to be, and 
I was waiting out in front of the Detroit airport, waiting for somebody to pick me up, and it never showed up, and I called them up, and they said, uh, it broke. I'm shocked to hear that. Yeah, exactly. But it's funny, too, though, because he was also, he was, he was working with a company that was electrifying the Silverados. He was also working with a company that was taking the old Fisker Karma chassis and dropping a Chevy driveline, uh, a Corvette driveline into it. That was the best thing that could have ever happened to that, because that, that, that Chevy Volt driveline in a, in a Fisker was just stupid. That is the, like, the, the not, it, I don't want to call Fisker a knockoff Tesla because that's not fair, but, like, the, the Fisker thought that they had something pretty neat on their hands, yeah. but they had the Chevy Volt driveline, and then Karma... I mean, um, Tesla just showed up and said, "Here, hold my beer." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the other the other thing that uh, and you kind of wonder why someone wasn't really paying attention. The Fisker didn't work with that, so Cadillac decided to make their own version of it. Right. I I think because the and I I got a chance to interview Heinrich Fisker, and he is responsible for some of like the the coolest designs from like BMW and Audi and others around the nineties. Um, and uh, he said his aha moment was when he was watching the Oscars and Leo showed up in a Prius. That was like the late 90s yeah. or early 2000s. Yeah. And the whole thing was they benchmarked the Prius for a driveline, and that's where they came up with the bullet driveline. And Elon Musk and Tesla just went well far and beyond that because they, they understood that if they were going to change buyer behavior, it's not going to be, hey, it's an electric car, hey, that's neat, hey, it's big. It's, this thing has to be stupid fast. Mm. So I'm saying ludicrously fast, <laughs> right? And, and I've driven one of those cars before, the P100D, uh, like, we were the test track at Consumer Reports. It, you know, I, I wrote, like, retinal detachment question mark in my notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I've been in a, uh, I've been in an 80, uh, in all-wheel drive 80, and that was pretty fast. So I can only imagine, or 90, maybe, maybe that's what it was, a 90. And that was pretty fast, and I'm like, what would the 100 be like? Right, and... I would like to see them. I know there's a concept of it. Bring back the roadster. Um, if when I'm whatever I'm rich and famous, my garage will consist of two vehicles: a Jeep Gladiator pickup and uh, like a P100 D Tesla Roadster, the newer Tesla Roadster. Um, speaking of that, I I was I thought I thought that was um, I believe my old boss gave Elon $50,000 deposit for that Roadster. For the new Roadster. Yeah, all right, well, yeah. when, when it does show up, I want to ride. Yeah, yeah me yeah, too. As a test ride. Uh, I said, why don't you pay for it all up front so you could get one of the first ones? And he said, I don't trust them that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're, you know, that's that's one thing my, you know, my friends that keep asking me about, like, stock prices and stuff like that. I'm like, it's it's hard to conceptualize that uh, the success of the stock because they're just barely becoming profitable at the moment. And then, like, folks are going to you know, it's incredible they're blowing Toyota, Toyota or Ford out of the water. So I was like, those companies are car companies. Tesla is a tech company. Yeah. And if, and if Tesla was to build cars on the level of the scale that Ford or Chevy does, they, I'm sure that they would run into problems in this, this stock. Once they once become a full producer, it changes everything. They're, you know, the, each are traded as the companies that they really are. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, isn't Fisker back with, like, a $40,000 sort of SUV-ish electric car. They, they brought back the Karma, and now the yeah. company is called Karma, which yeah. was the model name right. back then. And I don't know what the driveline is. I, well, I think it's all electric. Uh, yeah, it's all, all electric, four electric motors, um, and they claim un, under 40 grand. Yeah, I mean, it's it's neat to see. And what's funny is, like, even the, the original Tesla Roadster is now becoming a bit of, like, a cool collector vehicle because 
I, w- I want to see the 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 explosion of the the electric market. And not and I don't really care about it for a commuter car. Yeah. That's where that's where you're going to make your your money if you're an automaker. But I want to see it develop for the performance market, right? I have no problem taking like a '64 and a half Mustang and dropping an electric drivetrain in it. There are people who hate you right now. I know. I don't. I don't. Care, I don't care what powers it. I want to go fast, hmm. right? And guess what? The the that that P100D drivetrain I drop into it might be more reliable. Oh, that is true. I I think Tesla or someone had a P100 towing a Hellcat on a trailer racing a Hellcat, and they beat it. It was the SUV. It was yeah, a Model yeah. S SUV. Yeah. yeah, that's... I mean, you think, you get a 100% of your torque at zero RPM, and that's, when it comes down to torque, it's, well, how fast, you know, how quickly, and how low can the, what RPM level can you make it at? So when you talk about big Chevy uh, trucks with about 1,000 pounds, pounds of torque, something like that, um, it's, it's not just, like, the, the number, it's what RPM can you make that at? How low... And that's just stump pulling power. So, you know, you, you, know, you got to rev it up. That's no good for power. You can make it everything from the second that you touch that accelerator. There's your acceleration. That's why Teslas are so fast. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're interesting cars. Um, the person I know that had the Tesla Model S actually traded it for two Model 3s. So, uh, and I swear it was just because he wanted the tax deduction, but I wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Um, when I say the the Mustang thing, by, by the way, he also has three different versions of the Shelby uh, Mustang H's. So he has the original, like the '66. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has this, like the '66, whatever came out again in the '90s, and then 2015. Once again, there there's a niche. Yeah, um, yeah, but you know what I wanted, what I'm interested too, is the fact that these electric drivetrains allow you to have this almost like skateboard-like platform, and you can throw any body show you want on top of it, yeah. like uh, little Matchbox cars. Yeah. Right? We, we, and maybe Dennis remembers, but we had uh, an electric startup uh, company on the show years ago, sort of a, sort of a Rivian-type company, and basically they were building uh, a platform. And they said, we can put an SUV on it, we can put a pickup on it, we can put a box van on top of it. And uh, and I don't know whatever happened. It was a startup, and it was doing, it sounded like it was going all in the right direction, and then I haven't heard a word since. There was a company uh, out of Israel in, like, the early 20-teens that was doing something like that. They were the ones that were debuting the battery replacement technology. Oh, okay. Actually, it's a funny wrinkle. So Carlos Ghosn, the CEO of Nissan, who had to flee Japan because Nissan Renault is in a relationship and he was caught being funny with the books and they were going to arrest him. He somehow fled Japan like in a piece of luggage in a private jet and he was trying to seek refuge in Jordan. Problem is, he had visited Israel in like the tw- like 2013 to look at this electric startup to talk about the battery replacement tech and these two countries while no longer war have been for decades, have a, we're just not going to talk to each other yeah. policy, and, they, and I don't see one of those countries bending the policy for one crooked CEO. Uh, so now, like, his, his asylum is in question because of this visit, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, that's, that is a made-for-TV movie. That is the wildest yeah. story yeah. since, yeah. like, uh, Huey Capella. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that that is going to be a story that is going to be um, the, the idea that 
what, he had a band playing, and he was smuggled out in band equipment, and really the band was like uh, military guys or something. There was a whole story that goes with that. He's the best story since John DeLorean, as yeah. far as the uh, CEO's go. Yeah. yeah. Although, although um, who was the guy? Brooklyn. Malcolm Brooklyn. Malcolm Brooklyn. I was watching, um, you know what Pluto TV is? So it's like an app. It's an app, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so they have they have they have a lot of old they have a documentary channel on Pluto TV and so they have older documentaries. Okay, so it was like TV lab. Yeah, like TV. But it was Malcolm Brooklyn trying to develop an electric car from China. Okay, go and uh, everything apparently. <laughs> and he went to he went to Japan he went to China, met with the company brought them to sign some sort of letter of intent. Now, the letter of intent was pretty vague, and then he came back and he actually tried to sell a bunch of dealers on the idea of this electric car. And one of them I noticed when I was watching the documentary was Bobby Tasker III, the guy, oh, the, race car, yeah, yeah, the race car driver. Jet. Yeah, the race car driver. So, um, and I'm watching the documentary, and, and you can just tell it's going wrong. It's just, it's just not going well. And and they uh, and it was just one of those things. It's like it's like yeah, I wonder if this is going to work. And the idea that he sort of I don't want to say he like strong on the Chinese guy into it, but he said you know I need you to sign this. I need you to sign this. And what he signed really didn't say that they were going to build a car. They just it, but it was enough to, so he could go back to his investors and say, this is what we got going on. And, you know, I remember Malcolm Brooklyn. I actually had him on a radio show 20 years ago when he was, I think the Yugo was about done. He had this big estate out in the middle of nowhere with, with a Yugo made into the roof of it. It looked like it was crashing into the roof. And the uh, and he was coming out with an electric bicycle. Okay. And... Uh, and this was when uh, Baywatch was popular. And I, I just kind of said, oh, you ought to put your electric bike on Baywatch, which he did. Um, and uh, and he, uh, he invited me out to his ranch, which I never did because, yeah. And he'd still be out there. <laughs> I'd still have to be buried out back somewhere. But then, but then at the end of it all, um, it shows him in his condo somewhere and he lives in a more modest house or at the time during the documentary seemed to live in a more modest house than me so his vast fortune seemed to have you know he he was vacuuming his own carpet so yeah (laughs) well and look it's a lot of the companies that we hold dear are also we're also started that way I mean like Carol Shelby had one Cobra that it would paint a different color every time he went to a different yeah, client. Yeah. Right? There was a whole sort of borrow from Peter to pay Paul to start that. Yeah. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, they're all doing the same kind of thing early on. And really, a lot of companies just started that way. And whether or not you know, these people are looked at after later as visionaries, and there's a whole lot of luck that goes yeah. into that last precipice you have to climb to start becoming successful. Yeah. Or be so intensely successful in your previous venture that you can burn money like Elon Musk. Elon Musk, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember... It had to be years and years ago, I think, when Tesla was actually doing the Lotus Roadster. And I said, here's my prediction. Fisker and Tesla will be like, we'll look back in the history books, they'll be like Tucker. They had a really good time, and they didn't really build much. 
I was half right. Yeah. I, the the first the first roadster is cool though, and too there's somebody up around us. Yeah. Who I think owns one. Um, the guy's last name is Benoit. He is uh, the owner of Electrified Garage. If you, Rich Benoit. So if you look on YouTube, Rich Rebuilds. Yeah. He's the guy who's famous for taking two salvage yeah. Teslas and kit bashing them essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not not only that biggest if he was one of the first to do it, one of. But also, it broke the door open for the aftermarket for Tesla. So, Tesla basically said, you might be buying this car, but you're not buying the tech. Yeah. And that goes against like, the last 50 year to 100 years of, well, I'm going to buy this car, I want to be able to work on it. Right. 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 And now, you have Elon Musk saying, well, no, 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 we own the IP, you can't get into the code yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, luckily, we are a right-to-repair state. Yeah. So, so, it actually works. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been, I've, I went to his website, which and asked if he could be on my show sometime. I got a, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I never heard back, but I know he's a busy guy. Hey, I believe Bobby Brooks is in the studio. Bob, are you there, sir? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Oh, so, I, can, uh, I can hear you so just we fine, have, too. So we have a couple minutes left. To, yeah, well, you know, it, we had, a, we had uh, the magic of technology uh-huh. let me down. Uh, so that was a little bit disappointing, but uh, but we are here. We're here at the Boston International Auto Show at the Student Skills Competition. Uh, buddy George Kennedy was kind enough to wake up at uh, two o'clock in the morning. Hey, we're doing a little bit of Facebook Live now too. We're going to do that at the same time. Uh, but uh, he was kind enough to get up early in the morning to join me here. And uh, and I want to thank uh, the Bach Brothers uh, at Expressway Toyota for uh, sponsoring us here today too. Yeah, and I'll get in Tacoma too. Don't forget about Tacoma the dog. Oh yeah, I can't forget about Tacoma the dog. Yeah, yeah, uh, no. yeah maybe. And, and I think maybe it's only only because I, I was friends with Tacoma is to really the maybe that's the reason why we're here. But <laughs> but this is this is a great event. There's there's a there's a bunch of teams here right now. They're all getting ready. The uh, the head of the Mass Auto Dealers Association is actually addressing them now uh, and telling them how important this is. Uh, this is a big event for kids. I, I call this the Super Bowl, Super Bowl of Automotive Events because it really is. It gives them a chance to really shine and do a good job. And in this day of where um, where technology and to be able to repair technology and to be able to go to a trade school, and I was talking to I was talking to a guy the other day who. Came out of trade school, making a hundred grand a year. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty, pretty good money. Yeah, so. not bad at all. Yeah, and you know, so, John, uh, John, I got to tell yeah. you, you know, no, not at all. Yeah, very rarely do I tell people I know their pain, but I do know your pain when stuff like this happens. You know, we do so many live remotes with the, uh, you know, with the Irish, um, uh, the Irish community that <clears throat> we've had problems as well. And uh, but you know, I was driving in, yep. and kudos to you and Dennis for pulling it off. It's like if you didn't say anything, I would not have known there was an issue. So great job by you and Dennis. Super. Well, I gotta, Well, well, and and I can't. Uh, you know, it, it's tough to talk for an hour without callers sometimes. And I want to again thank George Kennedy for coming in. Uh, George, people can find you on Twitter and all that stuff at GKens101 on Instagram uh, for the marketing stuff. Uh, Cartender.com. George at car, George at Perfect. Thank you. Hey, Bob, I'm going to let you take over from here. The very best in Irish music coming up on the Irish Hit Parade. George's father is a big fan, by the way, and uh, on the Irish Hit Parade. So the very best in Irish music coming up next uh, with uh, uh, with Bob Brooks, and then a little bit later, Matt O'Donnell, and a little bit later, the Bailey Cayley with uh, 
so everything everything Irish coming up from now on. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.